0: Hello, welcome to Solomon's Temple. This episode is a special one. It involves William James, the famous pragmatist and psychologist and philosopher of the 19th century. I'm featuring one of his essays, The Reality of the Unseen, in his book, Of the Variety of Religious Experience, one of his more famous pieces. This is an account on the various perspectives and level of experience, and the key term for this is experience because it's a variation of how we are to view and feel and understand what goes on within a personal view on what isn't seen usually or what a religious experience is about. This is, more broadly, not only about an idea of God or a feeling sensation or experience of God, but of more of a spirit or of something that is there you cannot see it involves a multitude of different ways of viewing this he says we are to characterize the life of religion in a broad and general sense one might consider that the belief that there is an unseen order and that our supreme good lies in harmoniously adjusting ourselves thereto acting in a sort of exalted way or in great spirits you sort of feel like you're just catching on to something and that maybe you are doing something with yourself that goes alongside the pre prepared program it seems like there is like a pre preparedness of what what it is that counts as something that gets you along well that makes you feel well makes you think well makes you feel well and gets you to be well uh, over a sense of well-being learning to go along with that which is aligned with your highest good that might be sort of, in my view at least, um, the progression of you know heavenly energies that which has its detriments is in one space but that another form of energy or where you place your um well i don't know what your mentality and your energy goes along with things in a more exalted way when they're done in a different way rather than in another kind of way that if you uh, perform some sort of um well, it doesn't have to be an action but even your thought processes when they are when they are uh, dealing in a certain kind of frequency or maybe you're taking on a certain kind of attitude that can be described as as whatever it is that you don't want to have that attitude in that regard. You want to use some other kind of attitude, behavior, or, or mentality toward that regard you want to utilize yourself in a different way regarding it lest you be detrimental or fall or rather be exalted um, but at any rate the quality of what you're manifesting and what you are stirring up within you goes along with that which is pre-programmed to be a certain way to, to have a certain regard about it if that makes any sense at all We're predispositioned to be certain ways in certain areas. If we're not, we're being foolish and we're kind of falling and being detrimental. He goes on to say that our attitudes, the morals, the emotions even the practical aspects and the religious ones, these, all of these things are disposed to objects of consciousness that we believe to exist, objects of consciousness. So having a sort of predisposition to sharing maybe, the idea of of reciprocity maybe, but also an idea of valuing some sort of leadership or maybe valuing a more relaxive kind of mentality or having an empathic connection to your neighbor not being sociopathic and so forth but there's these sort of these descriptive events going on within our consciousness our awareness of self and awareness of a being being in the world and that these things sort of recur and they're this stable object Of experience so to speak and we believe these a lot of these things to exist and that in order to align with them that brings into harmony what we're dealing with and that if someone isn't aligned with it there's some sort of conflict or there's there must be some sort of um, way to deal with it like maybe you get through to them somehow hint at them I feel like a lot of the time it's just a telepathic people know because they could feel you or something he mentions Immanuel Kant saying that believing in the things that we do of special design like things like immortality and entities are done with the strength of them being real objects we encounter every abstraction in life everything we could pull out of life every little way in, of describing being in the world but we fail to give these things form yet they turn out to be a sort of presence in the interpreting mind as real as space and time but not seen at least that's his intuition according to Immanuel Kant there are many people who speak of presences that they feel something, maybe in the imagination. I'm not saying that that isn't happening. I'm sure that happens a lot, but there's presences felt. They're very real, very impactful, and people don't mistake them. I remember sleeping in this bed one time at a friend's house, and I felt like things were dawning on me, and they were making me feel very restless, and I couldn't relax, and it was unmistakable. I was just, I felt just bewildered, like something was dawning on me and like almost like psychically attacking me or something, like I was being haunted but it wasn't scary, it was just more like overwhelming and my whole body was very uncomfortable and itchy. I didn't know what it was. And I got up and walked around, it finally went away. I went back into that room, started lying down and I could not relax, I just couldn't. I was like, hey, I'm just gonna go home because I can't sleep. So yeah, there's presences, (laughs) of course there is. I don't know what that was, but I went home and then fell asleep, of course. But that's just a case in point, you know, I don't know how to prove it to you, I don't need to. It's just a presence. Maybe it has something to do with my nervous system. Don't be jealous, but yeah, maybe other people's nervous systems are able to pick certain things up. Maybe it's just a capability. He makes mention in the essay that one guy has sensations and superstitions of things dreadful to come that there is something about to befall you but you don't know what and that's the idea you get. It just washes over you as a sensation. There's also one of a blind man who has an exteriorized idea that he is feeling thoughts going across space, that he could feel them going on in sort of like an object form as they're, as they're being thought up. He could kind of feel them and then they're maybe verbalized and then it goes alongside his intuitions about the thought or maybe, I don't know what it is, but there's an exteriorized idea Weird we mentioned sometimes life is but a dream The how much of life really is a dream It kind of reminds me of shadow play that Twilight Zone episode where they want to uh, send that guy to the electric chair And he's convincing everybody like look. It's just a dream I'm in I keep having this dream and you're all here and it's a complete world in, in and of itself and they don't believe him, Of course because it's ridiculous, but it kind of it's like well, why are you doing this at 12 midnight? That's only in the movies think about it and they're like well yeah well that's when we do it that's the reason we have is because it's just how we we do things we do it at 12 well that's weird And when you come to think about it I'm like we well, don't come to think about it <laughs> but nonetheless you know i mean you could explain that away pretty easily but you know like why did it happen here instead of instead of there or why is it this time instead of not that time i don't know it just is the part of someone's weird nightmare which of course is ridiculous i guess at any rate we can be attached, there can be an attachment to a morbid kind of melancholy in which we have this sense of unreality and he says that this may lead to suicide (laughs) thinking that what if this is a solid dream it's kind of like this detaching sort of idea and it feels good too it's almost like a refuge but he says that could uh, lead to suicide i guess maybe if you're uh, depressed you think that way there's mention that religions create concepts of a, a quasi sensibility of reality though it's it seems like it's apprehensible that you could tie it in with reality but it's not directly apprehended so it's almost like it's in reality you can kind of project it and map it onto it but in the end there's no directly attaching it to anything and seeing that in any way that reality as a sensation is taken over an intellectual operation according to a scientific religious man where yeah you you're sensing it you're you're getting like a, a consciousness of it and of course we can't dive into all the way in psychology or philosophy or biology or anything we're just not gonna get there look at it and notice what's going on and saying like yeah this is what's generating that or anything you know we can't organize our thoughts around it in any way some experience God as a sort of I used to talk to it and then as life went on I became more agnostic I stopped talking to it and I became more and more detached to it and I started to find out that life became more and more dead and indifferent as soon as I got farther and farther away from it whatever it was that there's a source of strength truth and justice in the hard times and conflict and woe that in order to engage with whatever it was talking to it helped the person out a lot and maybe of course there's a consciousness tied into there's this all-knowing thing that loves you and wants to guide you and if you talk to it and believe in that you sort of draw that into your existence and i guess that's kind of you're guiding yourself around but maybe like that's kind of the idea maybe that or when you talk to it you keep guiding yourself around with it you guide yourself around with talking to yourself i think smart people talk with themselves they kind of they develop their path of personhood and pay attention to their own most self their height maybe their higher selves the, the ones you keep ascending to in the future like weeks 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 accumulate and you wind up in different situations that you keep putting out and you stay true to your thoughts and you pay attention to those and they interact with you and you get messages or something i don't know what that's about but hey maybe staying in contact with yourself or staying in contact with it, God, or whatever that is, maybe it's just a universal sense of well being. That that's just how we call into effect what we we are or what we want most, how we get away from the dark end and go to the light or something. I don't I don't know. Happy days. He goes on to cite Starbuck, the clergyman, I know Starbuck. He says it's unmistakable union with outside and inside, an unfolding of everything into one perfection and the feeling of being immersed into it. The darkness held a presence that was all the more felt because it was not seen. I felt less real than the silence and the darkness. Now I don't care who you are, that's pretty cool. Just tuning in so very deeply to what is. One who is ignorant of Christianity, people learn of god and have moments of coming towards the presence with unconditional love for them they drop this whole conditionality of well you don't know me and i don't know why i should come running into your arms but you have me anyway you have this deep profound love for me that i've never felt and i just run towards whatever it is and i feel the embrace of him or it or whatever it illuminates a deeper significance there's a sense of a loss of identity and a greater sense of personal well-being overall that's sort of the idea the non self or the yanatman in religion in the uh, eastern tradition of uh, the hindus that not self is a greater sense the brahman the growth of self found through what you aren't, that your your narrow ego is not exactly who you are, but you keep nodding yourself into a greater sense of, of personal being. When you identify more and more with that, you get a deeper significance for how things actually are and how you relate to existence. We interact with God. I talk to God. There's different ways of seeing this. I interact with God, like talking, then I talk to God, and I communicate with it. I am close to God. I am closer to God than I am to my own breath, almost as if I'm breathing God in and out of me, which is a different sense than communicating with it. And then sometimes God will seem far off, like I could place it out there, rather than it being my breath essentially, as if I know this to my core, as if it was close to you. You'd be breathing it in and out every day, but for some people, it just seems far away, it's almost like you're placing your consciousness of God somewhere else, so there's a different lens to view this, I think people have a different maturity in their spirituality, I guess we could see it. Then there's the rationalists. This is like the scientific empiricists, you know, the the, the physical reduction, like, well, how can you show me that this thing really is? You need a definite, stable, abstract principle to ground this in. You need a definite fact about the sensations you're having. You need to have an hypothesis about these facts. You need a logical connection and inference. And these vague impressions are not a place within the system of science. And that's kind of the result of the physical reductionist method. Um, But of course, in this sort of sense, you sort of have to trust expansion. You have to just trust whatever the expansive element that is there because we know that there is more to reality than we have in physical science, although physical science accomplishes a lot for us and helps us understand things clearly and has it... With stability, um, there's no there's no thing that is performed without the knowledge in of this science. You know, we understand the physical world, what it is going on within it, more readily and steadily when we understand them through the scientific lens. But of course, this is not the end of what we can understand or what is going on. Of course, there will be more science and there will be more theory that can't be substantiated, that will fail most likely, but will also go on. There will be more theory. There will be projections from the past that are intuitively graspable to me, and then there's <clears throat> there will be ones that aren't, and there will be ones that were ungraspable for me in the past, but are now, and so forth. It'll, almost in a scientific way, you will get onto these sort of intuitions, or you won't, but it's not really up to anybody. It's just also your relationship with existence and, and and keep unfolding your existence and maybe be more open to it. I think that probably wouldn't hurt anybody. A religious kind, he, uh, William James closes off with a sort of religious optimism, is the way to be an understanding that there is nothing to prove and nothing to disprove, but to see the breadth of experience and not spread religion by the sword or cast downward gaze through it. Yes, this was a uh, a good read. There is a reality to things unseen. We define hallucinations as seeing something that isn't there, but also within hallucinogenic sort of compounds that interact with your nervous system. They increase the energetic uh, capacity to receive stimuli. You know, the pineal gland, when it's stimulated more readily, it generates the ability to integrate more sense data into your brain. You could see more, there's fractals and fractals are mathematically and biologically real. You can go see these patterns everywhere. And they are everywhere. It's how life's structured. It's just another thing in life. But you wouldn't see it without the untrained eye or if you didn't look into life. That's another thing. It's unseen, but also it can be just before you. So that's the way I could concretely kind of ground this idea in itself. (laughs) In another way, the way in which certain people are able to interact with you is a lot different. There are different kinds of people. I remember one time I was at this party and I was sort of walking around ruminating and going, in and out of my head for some reason. I don't know, I was ecstatic, and there was a crowd kinda looking at me, forming, and then this guy kinda walked through, and he came up to me and looked at me, and then all of a sudden, my body filled with like a warmth and vibration, almost like my my center of my being was filling with like light and warmth, and I hit the ground, and I couldn't get up. He, was, he just had me pinned to the ground, and I was like just sitting, just lying there, like writhing with joy, and just all this energy pouring through my body. I'm like, what is this person doing to me? He has me on the ground without even touching me. He's like killing me with love and joy. Like some people are just, they are the epitome of light workers. Like you haven't met a light worker, you know, more or less unless you've been to parties I've been to at least. But there's this, and I know for sure that there's a greater spirit working in some people. And you could just say that they could transmute matter like no tomorrow, but there's a reality here i don't know how to explain it but there are some very interesting people afoot that they have an obvious unseen capability that i have felt directly well i hope you enjoyed this episode if you want to donate to this podcast go to patreon.com forward slash solomons temple And you can always email me at joshuasolomon2112 at gmail.com. Feel free to do that. Tell me what you think. Um, You could also hit me up on Instagram, Solomon Doors. I hope you enjoyed it. William James is a wonderful author. I will see you next time.